0: Are you a follower of Jesus Christ who's done being quiet? Are you ready to tell the world whose you are, totally, fearlessly, and unapologetically? And are you ready to smash that imaginary wall that supposedly divides your career and faith life? Welcome to the C-Suite for Christ podcast, where we talk about living as a disciple of Christ in the world of work. Before we get to the content we have in store for you today, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Are you a Christian-based organization? Well, so are we, and we're here to serve you. We wanna help you with your mission, so please visit ParagonMarketingGroup.com to see how we can help. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the C-Suite for Christ podcast. It is a blessing to have you here today. I am Paul M. Newberger, not only your host, but the founder of C-Suite for Christ. And I'm here to tell you that the number one most sacred gift you can give anybody is your time. So I promise to be a good steward of yours. We have an excellent show lined up for you here today. Our guest is going to be C-Suite for Christ member Bob Wilbanks, he is the founder and CEO of G7 Networking, basically a nationwide organization of Christian executives that get together to network on a regular basis, kind of sort of like C Suite for Christ. And it is a blessing to have them come alongside us. So you're not going to want to miss that enlightening conversation with C Suite for Christ member Bob Wilbanks. He is a remarkable human being. To say the least, one of the things that is remarkable, it is remarkable how fast this world is going to heck in a handbasket. Truly remarkable. It, it, it's almost like there's some kind of accelerant, you know, it, it's almost like if you have a bit of a grease fire on the stove or you have a fire on the stove and you pour grease on it, it just makes that flame burn even hotter. There's just a lot of stuff being poured on society today and we just keep going in the absolute wrong direction. And I know it can be stressful. I know it can be tough. I know there's some days where we're thinking, oh, my goodness, Jesus can't come, uh, can't come soon enough. But we cannot give up. We cannot stop. You cannot bury your head in the sand. And one of the things that I get a little sick and tired of hearing is people saying, I don't read the newspaper anymore. It makes me feel bad. I don't watch the news anymore. It makes me feel bad. We don't have that luxury, gang. You can't just stop reading something because it bothers you. You can't stop watching something because it bothers you. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance leads to destruction, and destruction leads to a rapid deterioration of society. That's why C-Suite for Christ exists. Not only are we a collection of business executives from all over the globe, but we just strongly believe in the Great Commission. That is... Our guiding mantra, as Jesus told his disciples before he ascended into heaven, go into the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's not one of those thoughts where somebody says, well, if you have time or if you can carve it into your weekend or only if people accept you and aren't getting mad about what they, you know, about what you say and what kind of pushback they get. You absolutely must go into the world and make disciples of all nations. This is why the podcast exists. This tool, this entity, this program allows you to fulfill the great commission. You don't have to be a fearless big mouth like me to walk up to somebody at a local Starbucks, tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, do you like Jesus? You don't have to do that. Share this podcast on social media. Send it to some of your friends and family via email. Talk to some of the people that you associate with. The cuz people always talk, "Hey, do you listen to any good podcasts? I'm going to be in the car for about 5 hours getting a lot of windshield time. You know of any good podcasts?" Talk about this. And I'm not saying that for selfish ambition. I'm not just saying that for, you know, personal self-interest. I'm saying it for you because we're all going to be held accountable at some point for doing what God commanded us to do. We are commanded to share the gospel. But in this world of cancel culture, in this world of political correctness, in this very litigious society, it can be very tough. One way to fill the Great Commission is by sharing this podcast. doesn't have to be the only way to do it, but it's designed to make your life a little bit easier, and hopefully you find some value in doing that. So I would just say, if you like this episode, if you like this podcast, If you like the theme of this show, please don't keep it a secret and maybe even fulfill the great commission while you're at it. One of the things that I want to talk about here today is, is a topic that you don't hear a lot in the world of entrepreneurship. It's something that you don't really hear in this nonstop business centric environment that sometimes we find ourselves in. It's a very simple word. It's four letters and it begins with R. That word is rest. You don't hear a lot about that word rest, do you? In fact, one of the things that I would say, I mean, if you just go on LinkedIn at any given time and you just start looking through some of these memes and you just start reading some of the content that these people are talking about, I mean, a lot of the things you hear rise and grind. We don't sleep until it's done. No rest for the weary. Come on now. I'm on 24 seven, baby. Money doesn't sleep kind of a thing. This world glamorizes busyness. This world glamorizes success. This world glamorizes toughness. And and, and some people will say, you know, I only get three hours of sleep a night. There's just too much to do. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a busy guy. There's a lot of people to touch. There's a lot of businesses to grow. Go, 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 go. You don't see a whole lot of posts about, did you get your eight hours last night? You know, did you put your feet up this weekend? Did you enjoy the Sabbath and keep it holy and refrain from doing any kind of work and currency exchange or anything like that? You don't see that. And one of the problems that we have as Christians is although we are not of this world, we are in this world. And when you're in this world 24-7, 365, and you're constantly subjected to what society tells you you should be, you should do, you should go, you should value, sometimes that stuff wears off a little bit yeah, maybe I should be working more. Yeah, maybe I should be putting in more hours. Yeah, maybe I should be putting off that vacation. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't spend four hours a night playing with my kids. I got money to make. I got clients to touch. I've got businesses to create. I've got things to invent. I've got clients I got to serve. Yeah. And it really kind of creates a bit of a dilemma, creates a bit of a problem. And and I'm telling you, I'm a bit of an authority figure in this regard because I shouldn't be here today. I shouldn't be behind this microphone today. I shouldn't be running this podcast, leading this international Christian movement today because for years I didn't get rest. Now, now, now this is not an exaggeration. One of the things that I really want you to know What you get with me is you get the unvarnished truth. I go after it. I don't waste time. I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to waste my time. We're going to call a spade a spade. If you don't like it, turn me off. That really doesn't bother me. But at the end of the day, I mean, like I said, I, for years, I didn't get rest. And I think I've shared this story in an earlier podcast, so I'll just kind of paraphrase. But I've, again, I I've just always been this overachiever, this alpha male. I got to do more. I got to accomplish more. I got to get good grades. I got to date, date the best girls. My intermural team has to win. You know, more, 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 more. And then I snapped my junior year of college. I snapped. And, you know, when you hear that people snap, I mean, it can take a lot of different forms. For me, my anxiety was crippling and my anxiety was so bad. The the biggest casualty for me of anxiety was insomnia. Now, I don't know if you've ever dealt with insomnia. Now, insomnia is normal. Like everybody gets it once in a while. Sometimes you'll go a couple of days without really sleeping. Sometimes it's a little more, maybe maybe a month, 45 days, three months. That stuff happens. It's cyclical. So if you go through insomnia, there's nothing wrong with you. It happens. My insomnia lasted about five years. I don't talk about this a whole lot, but again, you I'm your brother in Christ. I love you, and I want you to know a little bit about kind of what's made me me. About five years of insomnia. Now, again, I, I define insomnia as really just getting a, a couple hours. I mean, my body would shut down a little bit, maybe get two hours of rest, and then boom, I'm wide awake again. So I would say starting my junior year of college and going until about my mid-20s, I I got no rest, nothing. And, you know, I understand now, like if if you read about uh, some of these foreign countries that might kidnap a a soldier and might want to do some torture techniques, one of the torture techniques they utilize is sleep deprivation. Now, you might be thinking, geez, compared to getting my fingernails pulled out or, you know, electro electrocuted through my nipples or something like that, you know, sleep deprivation sounds easy. Oh, boy, that is the worst torture in the history of the world. I mean, you're, 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 just, you're just crabby. Your mind is foggy. Your, your, your emotions are just all out of whack. They're firing at all cylinders. Going, and then you wake up and say, man, I got I to function today. I got to go to class today. I got to work 10 hours today. I got to be on my A game today. I got to be charming today. Gosh, that sleep deprivation just builds and builds and builds and builds. And one of the thing was I, I, I tried to get rest. By doing so many different things. And, and again, I, you know, you you go to a psychotherapist, which I saw very regularly. You, you read self-help books. Everybody's got an opinion about what you need to get your rest. And I mean, my list could be a mile long, but among other things, what I did is I I really started going to the gym. One of the, one of the things that I heard is just, you know, really, really just uh, align yourself with the gym, you know, start, start really physically wearing out your body, working out your body, doing the cardiovascular, doing the weights, because now when your head hits the pillow, your body's going to be so freaking exhausted that it's just going to shut itself down. I spent a lot of time at the gym. I really went all in, in that regard. I was in good shape that that didn't help. However. I thought maybe, okay, you know, maybe some of these self-help books, you know, maybe some some author who I never met is going to be able to diagnose me and talk about my problem and give me some things that I should be able to do to fix it. So I really attached myself to these books I, I went to the library, went to Amazon, got a lot of books and reading these things and trying new techniques, breathing techniques and everything else that didn't work too well. People, I thought maybe I'll attach myself to certain people, people that maybe like my family, my friends, people that can kind of take my mind off of things for a while, people that can kind of get me to see the more optimistic side of things, people that can kind of distract me from this chronic anxiety that's keeping me up at night. I really attached myself to these people. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with hanging out with family and friends. that That's a blessing for sure. That didn't cure my insomnia. TV shows didn't work. Movies didn't work. Breathing exercises didn't work. Putting in one of those like sound machines, white noise. I even had like one of those uh, Japanese waterfalls with the rocks and everything else like that. Spent like a hundred bucks on that crap. That didn't work. I mean, I'm attaching myself to all of these things. I'm attaching myself to all of the things that I'm told by people of the world, entity of the world, so-called experts of the world. These are the things that are going to get you rest. These are the things that are going to get you that sleep. These are the things that are going to shut off that anxiety. Man, this world is just full of noise. From the news media, to politicians, to your boss, to the family obligations, to the professional obligations. I mean, there's just so much noise. Everybody's got an opinion everybody's got a thought. Everybody's got an idea. Everybody's got a solution. And I guess in my case, when you're young and impressionable and you're getting borderline desperate going years without getting consistent rest, that's a problem. And I remember one of the conversations that I was having and again, the just the frustration that I was having was getting more and more and more and more. And I was talking to my psychotherapist at the time, you know, again, whenever that was, I was in my, my mid-20s. And again, thank God for this person. This person did save my life. And one of the things we talked about is what is missing? We're trying all these different things. What is missing? And one of the things after months we determined that was missing was my faith. I, I've always been a believer. But sometimes, gosh, when things are just going bad, when things aren't going according to plan, you can kind of think, geez, God, are you you abandoning me? Are you giving up on me? What did I not do? I'm praying. You're not hearing me. I'm talking to you. You're not listening. I'm asking for something. You're not giving it to me. I don't understand. I'm getting desperate. And sometimes you get a little angry. Well, screw you. I'm out of here. Well, forget this. This prayer stuff doesn't work. Yeah, maybe this is like Sunday school kind of stuff. But in the real world, there's no applications for this. So one of the things that we talked about was maybe trying a different angle with my faith. Just really starting to think, okay, well, maybe it's not enough to pray. Maybe it's not enough to talk. Maybe there's a little bit more to this. And I'm glad that we had that conversation because it turns out there is something more to this. And I want to share with you the scripture that basically not only changed my life, but saved my life. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30 come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light matthew chapter 11 verses 28 through 30 if you are not getting rest print this out if you feel like you're worn down from life print this out. If you feel like there is just no escape from the demands and the realities personally or professionally print this out, because there's two things that I want to unpack. And I want to talk about how we apply this to our everyday life, because I would say nothing can be more important. We need spiritual rest. If we don't get it, it's bad for our health. It's bad for our mental state. It's bad for our families. It's bad for our relationship. It's bad for, for society. Matthew 28, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I don't want you to look anywhere else for rest. Don't look at medication for rest. Don't look at books for rest. Don't look at therapists for rest. Don't look at movies for rest. Don't look at books for rest. Don't look at anything for rest outside of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the only thing that is going to give you rest. If you're burdened, if you're weary, if you're tired, my question is, are you seeking rest from Christ? Be honest with yourself. One of the things with this show is we don't mess around. You're only hurting yourself. You're only hurting your family if you're not honest with yourself. If you're tired, if you're weary, if you're burdened, if you're lacking rest, are you seeking rest from Christ? Yes or no? And something tells me that answer more often than not is no. Well, Paul, I don't have time to read the Bible. Well, Paul, I don't have time to pray. Well, Paul, I don't have time to go to church. Well, Paul, I don't have time to build a relationship with God. Well, Paul, I don't have time to go to that Bible study. Well, Paul, I don't have time to go to the C-suite for Christ Gathering. Life is not about busyness. It's about priorities. And if you're not prioritizing your relationship with Jesus Christ, if you're not prioritizing spiritual rest, guess what? You ain't going to get spiritual rest. Going back to that time in my life, five years in the desert, five years of insomnia. I don't mind you knowing. I mean, my anxiety was so bad at that time. I needed two different types of anxiety medications just to function. My depression was so bad, I had constant suicidal thoughts. I'm not proud about that, but one of the things that I realized, God had to take me down so many pegs. God had to bring me down to rock bottom, to the bottom of the bottom, to the lowest of lows, to the deepest, darkest valley. So the only place I could look was up. And I could just imagine Jesus, when I looked up, finally, Finally, after five years, I could just imagine Jesus saying something along the lines of, do I have your attention now? It's nice to see you, my son. I've been waiting for you to look upon me. Do you feel that God is saying something similar in your life? Are you looking all around? versus looking up. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not going to be an instant fix. Just because you start looking up doesn't mean you're going to get nine hours of sleep a night. Just because you start looking up doesn't mean the anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts magically melt away like butter on a hot day. But at least you can start to repair, rebuild, and move in the right direction. Because the second part of Matthew Chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, I would say it's almost just as important. One, you got to know where to look to get rest. And I'm not just talking about sleep. There's a huge difference between sleep and rest. Sleep is allowing you to recharge. Sleep is getting you refreshed. You know, sleep is allowing you to function the next day. But rest is, is peace. Rest is tranquility. Rest is calm. You got the whole world going to heck in a handbasket. You got this world going 10,000 miles an hour. This world, the temperature is up. The volume is up. the, The crazy factor is really up. Yet you're calm. Your heart rate is 50 beats per minute. Your mind is a slow drip out of the faucet everybody is running and hustling and you're you're taking a sunday stroll through the park on a 78 degree day with a nice breeze so not only is it about rest but let's let's take the next two verses so verses 29 and 30 Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's talk about yoke. I'm not talking about the egg yoke. I'm talking about basically being attached to somebody or something. I mean, just think about a horse that's pulling a wagon. Those horses are yoked to the wagon. They're attached to the wagon. They're affixed to the wagon. But those horses are also yoked to each other. Now, why? Well, part of the reason that they're yoked to each other and they're attached to each other is so they can pull things that are a little bit heavier than they otherwise could have by themselves. One horse pulling this big wagon versus six horses pulling this wagon. The more horsepower that you have, The more efforts are being exerted to pull something in the same direction, the easier that's going to be. Those horses are yoked to each other so that they can help each other, so that they can move this heavy object, so that they can pull in the same direction and get further faster than they otherwise would have. My question for you is this. What are you yoked? to right now? What are you attached to right now? What are you connected with right now? Maybe you're yoked to your phone. You live on that phone. You're out of touch with reality. You're, you're on social media, living vicariously through other people. You're, you're on with your phone. You're getting these news alerts all the time that's just making you angrier and angrier. You're, you're, you're resentful of your own life. Because it's like everybody else is having more fun. Everybody else has got these things going on. If you're yoked to your phone, don't be shocked if you don't have rest. Maybe you're yoked to politics. You just obsess about it. That's all you think about. You, you, you Every waking moment is thought. Your thoughts are all around politics. If you're yoked to politics, don't be shocked if you don't have rest. Maybe you're yoked to Hollywood. Maybe you're yoked to pornography. Maybe you're yoked to drugs. Maybe you're yoked to anything else that gives you some kind of an escape from reality. Maybe it's video games. Maybe it's, again, living vicariously through other people. But we are all yoked. To something. We are all attached to something. And when I was going through this very traumatic time in my life where I wasn't getting rest, I was yoking myself to everything to try to get rest. I was yoked to the gym. That didn't work. I was yoked to other people. That didn't work. I was yoked to books. That didn't work. I was yoked to self-help opportunities. That didn't work. I was even yoked to that stupid Chinese waterfall that I had. That didn't work. I was attaching myself to all of these things. I was yoking myself to all of these things and nothing brought me rest accordingly. You know, the one thing that I was not yoked to? Jesus. And shame on me because in scripture, he tells us to get yoked to him because he knows. I mean, there's these things in the world that are gonna distract us. There's these things in the world that are gonna call for our attention, these things that we're naturally going to be inclined to go after. And he's telling us, no, 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 no. You got to ignore all that stuff. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Attach yourself to Jesus and learn from him. Read his words. Read what he said in scripture. Read the commandments. Read these things that Jesus has communicated us through the written word through scripture. And the reason Jesus wants you to be yoked to him is he's gentle, unlike society. He's humble, unlike society. And accordingly, you will find rest for your souls. Now, when we think of yoke, you know, again, you think of those horses, you think of those Clydesdales, you, you just think of like a heaviness on your shoulder, like these big blocks, this wood, this metal, these chains, all oh, those poor horses, look at all the weight that they're pulling. Oh my gosh, they must be dying under all that weight. Matthew chapter 11, verse 30, Jesus talking, for my yoke is easy and my burden. Is light. I'm happy to report now. My life isn't perfect, but I'm happy to report I haven't needed sleepy medication in about a decade. I haven't needed anxiety medication in about the same amount of time. I am busier than I've ever been. C Suite for Christ is just exploding all over the globe. I'm an international keynote speaker, I'm an in demand sales trainer. I work with several Fortune 500 organizations. I've got three children, all under the age of 10. I've got a wife. I'm on some boards. I'm busier than I've ever been. Life is more chaotic than I've ever been. But I've never had peace like I have now. I've never experienced joy like I experience now. I've never slept in my entire life like I sleep now. Again, I don't have all the answers. I spent five years with insomnia, five years wanting to kill myself, five years with horrible depression, five years with anxiety so bad I needed multiple medications. Nothing worked until I sought rest. Not through things in this world, but through Jesus. And I am yoked to Jesus Every single minute of every single hour of every single day. And the beautiful thing, just like it says in scripture, I'm yoked to him. But that's who I want to attach myself to. I just want to grab onto his leg and never let go because he's gentle, because he's humble. And it's like there's no yoke at all, because as it says in scripture, it's easy. The burden is light. Sleep is just something this world doesn't get a lot of. Rest is something this world doesn't get a lot of. Peace is something a lot of people in this world just don't have. So my challenge for you is this, as we get ready to take a short break. One, if you want rest, if you need rest, if you're longing for rest, go to Jesus. Make a concerted effort. To go to Jesus through prayer, through conversation, through dialogue, through scripture. And not only just go to Jesus, actively tell yourself, actively bring it to the forefront. I am going to be yoked to Jesus. Attach yourself to him, affix yourself to him, strap yourself into him where there's never more than a couple of feet between the two of you. That is. Is going to help you because just like the Clydesdales, just like the horses, just like any animal pulling a cart, now you've got Jesus helping you. Jesus moving in the same direction. Jesus providing his power to help you with that burden. Because guess what? His yoke is easy. His yoke is light. And he is just asking you, begging you to yoke yourself to him. Stop waiting. Just do that. My life has never been the same. And I really, really pray that you can experience that as well. We're going to take a very short break. Our guest again, Bob Wilbanks, C Suite for Christ member. He's the president and CEO of G7 Networking, and he's going to help us unpack this verse as well. We'll be right back on the C Suite for Christ podcast. (music) And welcome back, everybody, getting very excited. Uh, C-Suite for Christ member Bob Wilbanks is just a couple of seconds away. But before we turn it over to Bob, again, I just want you to know this is a heavy lift to cover the world in Christ. We are certainly giving it our all. We're giving it our all through our monthly gatherings, through our weekly ministries, through uh, endeavors like this C-Suite for Christ podcast. But we are so much stronger together. And just ask yourself, I mean, just look, what's going on in the world today. Are you happy with what you see in the news? Are you happy with what you see in your kids' schools? Are you happy with what you're seeing in your professional organization? If not, this is your chance to do something about it. Go to our website, csweetforchrist.com, become an official member, attend our ministries, join the conversation via social media, but whatever you do, do something because it would be an absolute blessing to have you join our movement. Speaking of blessing, this this knucklehead has been a blessing to me personally. He, he's, a, he's a dear friend of mine, but also professionally. He's one of the savviest entrepreneurs I've met. I've learned a lot from him. He's been instrumental in helping us put together our plan to grow the C-Suite for Christ organization. I'm talking about C-Suite for Christ member Bob Wilbanks, the founder and CEO of G7 Networking. Bob, it's a blessing to have you, my
1: brother. Thank you, Paul. That's awesome uh, to be here. Looking forward to spending some time with you and your your beautiful people out there on the Internet.
0: Absolutely. Well, we're going to learn a lot from you, and I don't want to deprive them from any seconds with Bob Wilbank. So we're just going to dive in and get to work here. So, Bob, as you know, the theme of our podcast episode today comes from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 Through thirty, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wonderful verse. That one is good for my soul. I could read that one 10 times in a row and never get sick of it. Bob, what does Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 through 30 mean to you?
1: Well, Paul, I all my life I've been this Type A, you know, uh, personality out there. I'm I'm kind of one of those guys where, uh, you know, it, it's it's a lead, follower, get out of the way type of mindset that I've I've always had, and and I think you know, God made me that way for a lot of reasons, and it was you know to kind of charge through walls and obstacles that are out there, uh, stick with it, uh, be tenacious, you know. Um, However, in a lot of cases, I would find myself burning out and, you know, it, when you have that kind of a mindset, it's like, you know, hey, there's this big wall in front of me. I'm not breaking through it right now. How am I going to, how am I going to take care of this? Notice a lot of the, uh, what's going on there. How can I, how can I, how can I? And... Uh, that was really kind of how how everything went in my life. It was like, I can't break through the wall. Hey, strap on some more rocket fuel. Give me a thicker helmet. Maybe I can crash through it the next time uh, type of mindset. And uh, this verse just started resonating with me. And the more I steeped in it and stewed in it, and I I just began to understand that uh, that yoke was something I needed to accept. I'd always looked at it like, oh, my gosh, I don't need a yoke. That's just going to slow me down. But look at who we're being invited to be yoked with. It's Jesus Christ. He, he has all the gifts, right? Uh, and when I look at all those spiritual gifts and the gifts of the Spirit, uh, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm wowed. And then I started studying the yoke, and I realized that it's a burden-sharing device that allows animals, typically oxen is what you see in the, in the pictures, uh, to carry more longer and faster. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. I I can actually carry more longer and faster being yoked with my savior, Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm, I'm, I'm talking to a friend of mine about this and I'll share one more thing, uh, here. And he, he, uh, Was a consultant that worked with consultants. And this other consultant was uh, actually uh, working with a guy that trained Clydesdale horses over in Europe. And he had shared a story with them that said, you know, one Clydesdale horse, when you you strap it to, you know, a burden, can pull 8,000 pounds, which is amazing. But when you take two of them together and yoke them automatically, they, they pull 24,000 pounds, so three to one. But that's not where he made his money. He made his money training them to build an intimate relationship with each other through that yoke. And when he was done, they would pull 32,000 pounds. I'm like, wow. Maybe that's the secret that is being expressed here by Jesus Christ, saying, look, yoke yourself with me. Build that intimate relationship with me and watch what I do. So the yoke to me then represented this intimate relationship with Jesus Christ that I needed to cultivate and be intentional about going forward.
0: Yeah, and that's that's powerful stuff. I mean, when you think of to some degree yoke, I'm stuck to this person, I'm attached to this person, my freedom is limited by this person. I'm in a situation now where my space is is just drastically reduced. We could look at those as all very, very bad things, but for what you just said, we can actually do more when we're yoked. We can go further when we're yoked. We can accomplish uh, more than we ever thought possible or more than we could ever do on our own when we're yoked. So I think that's a very important lesson for perspective readjustment that yoke is not only necessary, it's going to allow us to be the best possible version of ourselves And I think with that perspective readjustment, Bob, I think our society is desperately in need of this from time to time, because one of the things that I love about Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30 is the word rest. And that's not a word you hear a lot in the C-suite. That's not a word you hear a lot with entrepreneurs. Heck, just stay at home moms. That's not a word that you hear a lot. And I think society today has a rest problem. I mean, not only do few people get it, but in our culture, rest can be looked upon as a bad thing. What are you sleeping for? You got money to make. What are you sleeping for? Come on, you, you got to rise and grind 24-7 kind of stuff. And it's uh, it's problematic to say the least. So why do you think that is? Why is rest looked upon as a bad thing by society today? and And why is that such a very dangerous mentality for us to have?
1: Great question. I I I really think a lot of this comes down to uh, it's almost cool to be busy. You know, if you don't have a lot going on, you know, busyness is something that the world looks up to. And I remember I had a speaker back in I, I, I had a ministry here in the Twin Cities called Ambassadors for Business that I led that still goes goes on uh, right now. Uh, but we used to have these keynote speakers show up, and we had a keynote that came in and did this whole talk on busyness. And I thought, man, we should have had thousands of people here for that because it was just an amazing talk. And she said, well, what's keeping them away? And I said, well, exactly what your topic was. It's busyness. And she said, you know what busy is, don't you? And I said, no, tell me. She said, being under Satan's yoke. I thought, oh my gosh, that is so good, TJ. It was TJ Tyson. Uh, That is so good. I'm gonna use that everywhere. So I, I, the next two weeks, every time I'm, I'm asking people, how are you doing, what do they say? Nine times out of 10, oh, busy. Oh, you know what busy is, don't you? Being under Satan's yoke, you know? They're like, oh, wow, you know, and they'd start thinking about it, open up conversation, it was really good. But I remember sitting, doing my, my, my daily scripture reading and I got to thinking, man, I'm busy. <laughs> And so, you know, I, I got I got to thinking about that, and I'm like, well, I know I'm not under Satan's yoke most of the time. I mean, I can get into busyness and definitely feel that presence when I when I'm off putting it on my own shoulder and and taking it all on my own, right? So I got to thinking, well, what would it look like to be under sa- uh, Savior's yoke versus Satan's yoke? So being under Savior's yoke, and as I looked at that, I thought, well. You know, under Savior's yoke, I'd be abiding versus under Satan's yoke, I'm striving. Uh, I, I would have an eternal mindset versus that immediate and urgent that, the, that, that Satan wants us to be under. I'd be other-centered versus self-centered. I'd, I'd have absolute truth as my foundation versus that my truth movement that's out there, <laughs> that perception, right? I, I would submit and obey versus being willful. I'd be restful, there's that rest, right, versus restless. And I would have my identity in Christ versus my identity in self or the things of this world, right? And those things just started resonating with me. So I kind of coined a little phrase for myself, and, and it, it's caught on with a lot of the people that are around me, called striving to abide. So if I start pointing my striving at abiding, maybe I have a chance, Right and what does abiding look like well we just went through those things that eternal mindset being other centered being grounded in absolute truth submitting and obeying being restful and having my identity in Jesus Christ
0: yeah that's uh, that's good stuff and and I will also admit I had heard that busy buried or being under satan's yoke before that has always kind of resonated with me as well especially when my life gets out of balance but I've never heard being under saviors Yoke again, j- just a little perspective readjustment can go a long way. And I'm telling you, if if you've already enjoyed these first 10 minutes of this conversation with Bob, like I have, just know that Bob is going to be the keynote speaker at an upcoming gathering of C Suite for Christ. We're going to be blessed to have him live and in person on Wednesday, January 18th. So if you're in the southeastern Milwaukee or the southeastern Wisconsin area, it'd be a blessing to have you join us in person, but we do broadcast all over the world via live stream. So mark your calendars. You're not going to want to miss Bob's talk on Wednesday, January 18th of 2023. Bob, we're covering a lot of really good stuff here, but uh, I would say one of the things, if if we were to put together a list of the dangers of a lack of spiritual rest, I think it would be a long list. Obviously, there's physical benefits to rest, from a sleep perspective, from allowing your body and your brain to process the day, that type of stuff. But obviously, spiritual rest is extremely important. Was there ever a time in your life when your life was derailed or you you, you faced some some pretty profound challenges due to a lack of spiritual rest? And if so, what happened? What did that look like?
1: Yeah, I, I would say it really happened... Uh, over this past year, uh, as I had alluded to, for five years, I'd been running a marketplace ministry here in the Twin Cities called Ambassadors for Business. And uh, it was going pretty well, and then COVID hit, and we were largely an event-driven organization. And uh, as a response to that, we ended up uh, firing up G7 Networking. And G7 Networking grew, and, and we could see the potential in it, but we needed to uh, put some good infrastructure around it, and that got very expensive. And the board had come to me and asked me to uh, look at what would, what would it look like to pull that out of uh, Ambassadors for Business and, and take it as a for-profit uh, business tree uh, out into the marketplace and lead that uh, walking away from the five years of AFB. and And that was stressful. I mean, my life was in that. And it was just a really, really hard thing to do. Uh, and I, I really needed to just lean in uh, to him, to trust him uh, each step of the way, uh, to, to unplug from all the tasks and, and just get quiet and still. And even through that, uh, when we finally got through uh, the end of it, a, a guy that prays for me a lot, uh, Wilson George, uh, is kind of a, a spiritual guide to me. Uh, was over at my house, and he looked at me and he said, Bob, you're just spiritually exhausted. And I, I literally just broke down when he said that. It was like that realization that he was right. He, he, it was like that spear just hit me right in the heart. And I just like, oh my gosh, yes, I am. Uh, and I, I asked him, I said, you know, what, what can I do about that? He said, you're just going to need to go to the Lord uh, with it. Everybody's different in the way that they spiritually recharge. And you've got to find that intimacy with him again. And it starts with being still and being quiet. He said, I would recommend fasting. Um, I I took on a couple different fasts over the next couple months. And slowly but surely, you know, I, I felt that refreshing, the filling of the cup coming back um i had just been pouring out pouring out pouring out for so long uh uh, needed that refreshing to to fill the cup um so i don't know that i've got any like tried and true advice other than uh getting still staying centered in the word um there was a word that came to me uh, because the world tries to convince us that we need a balanced life and that balanced life can lead to a lot of striving because what we end up doing is compartmentalizing everything and rating everything and saying, oh, my personal life over here is really good, but over here with my friends, I'm, I'm lacking in time with them. Uh, so I need to fix that. I need to spend more times intentionally with my friends. Well, that ends up sucking from other compartments of your life and we just end up chasing around the outside of this life balance wheel trying to fix the things that we have no business trying to fix. And God's just saying, hey, you know what? I've got a different plan. Look at that little pin dot that's in the middle of that life balance wheel that you're messing around with. That little pin dot that represents me in your life. Start focusing there and watch me grow your life from the inside out. I'll fill it to overflowing. And so I think that if anything is the secret to the whole thing is just focusing on him, being still enough to hear his word.
0: Well, one of the things that you had mentioned, all good advice for sure, and I think there's a lot of takeaways for all of our listeners there. I'll admit, and I'm asking this question probably more for me than anybody else, but but I'm, I'm not overly good at the fasting part. One, I just like to eat too much, but uh, all jokes aside, I, I guess it's maybe because I don't know a whole lot about it. And one of the things that you had said, Bob, was not only was the fasting good for you, but you had said, well, there's a bunch of different ways you can do that. Well, I, I guess, can you unpack that a little bit more? Because when I think of fasting, I pretty much think of, well, just don't eat for a day or two or, or, or just cut back on a lot of the things that maybe you otherwise enjoy. But is there like a science to fasting? How do you do it correctly? What different types of fasting are there? Any light you could share on the topic of fasting would be greatly appreciated.
1: Yeah, like you, I, I, I'm kind of like, well, what does this fasting look like? You know, and I asked around to people that I respected and got a lot of different answers. Um, you know, of course, Googled it and did some research. And really, the the primary thing about fasting is giving something up. It's almost like with the with Catholicism, and, and Lent. You know, giving something up so that every time you think about that that thing, you you center yourself back on God is the the primary purpose to it. And you know, I, I knew I needed to make it something that would be, you know, hard for me to do. Uh, and I think the first time I did a fast, I, I, I fasted for a month, uh, no popcorn, no ice cream. Uh, that, was, that, was, <laughs> that was probably one of the hardest ones I did. Uh, but, you know, I got more serious about it after seeing some of the results that came from that. Uh, and, uh, I've done several Daniel fasts. Uh, and when you do a Daniel fast, a 21 day Daniel fast, uh, especially if, if you're a guy like me that tends to travel a lot, has a lot of business meetings and business meals at nice restaurants and things like that. And you're watching people eat the steak and the seafood and, and, you know, if you're having a salad, uh, with oil and vinegar dressing, uh, you, know, <laughs> you, 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 you kind of get to that point or, you know, I traveled to Chicago and love the food in Chicago and, you know, sitting down having that salad or eating a piece of fruit. Um, It it really can help you get centered uh, and just show the Lord that you're serious uh, about taking Him seriously, right? Uh, And I think just opens that conduit to that intimate relationship. I can't speak enough about the intimate relationship with Jesus Christ you know, a lot of times as believers, we get just focused on Jesus, right? Uh, and, and, And that's great. But the focus on Jesus is to build that intimate relationship to him to actually have a relationship or open that door, that doorway to Father God, right? The creator of the universe. He sent his son so that we could have that relationship with him. And it's only through his son that we have that opportunity, right? It's through belief in his son and that intimate relationship. And then through that, we actually received that gift of the Holy Spirit and and now our light can shine for all to see. Uh, so focusing in on building that intimate relationship with Him through being in the Word, you know, periodic fasting, whatever that might look like for you. Uh, I know some people that just fast, you know, they'll do a day fast or or I'm not going to do breakfast or I'm just going to do one meal a day and then I'm going to break fast, right? In the morning, whatever it might be. But just pick it and stick with it for a, a period of time. Uh, I would encourage that you know twenty one day to thirty day uh, type of activity will really get you centered and go deep,
0: yeah. one of the things I like about that is that just reminds me of the Apostle Paul in some of his writings about the need to discipline his body, discipline his mind, discipline his soul. And we all have I don't even know if I'd say bad habits, but we all have some of those quirks, like like for me, I'll be the it's going to be therapeutic to get this out there, Brother Bob. But one of the things that I do, because when I work, and maybe you can relate, Bob, when I work, I work. I don't like taking lunch breaks. It doesn't seem very productive. I don't like uh, taking a lot of water breaks or eating. It's not very productive. Now I'll be the first to admit that ain't very healthy. But then, you know, when I'm done with the work day and I spend some time with my beautiful bride and I put my kids to bed, whatever else, it's 830. I'm famished. So now it's like almost like uh, an hour of just gluttony and eating that much right before bed is not good. So our ability to discipline ourselves, our ability, like you said, every time we think of that popcorn, which I love, every time we think of that ice cream, you know what? No, I'm going to substitute that craving for ice cream with that craving for Christ, that craving for the buttery, salty popcorn with that craving for Christ. And I think that is excellent advice as i knew this time was going to go very very quick so we got about 60 seconds or more i just i can't say enough about you bob and i'm not just saying this because you're on the show but you know i love you you're, you're a role model to me a mentor to me and anything that you're involved in i want to be associated with and i really truly believe our listeners should be associated with you as well bob now bob's linkedin profile is hyperlinked to his name in the podcast description so i would strongly encourage you connect with this guy learn about this guy have a conversation with this guy you won't regret it but G7 networking is doing some truly amazing things you guys are everywhere already can you tell us a little bit more about G7 networking and how people could be involved with this movement
1: absolutely thank you paul uh well G7 you know as i said it kind of came up and out of this uh uh, nonprofit ambassadors for business, and it it solves some issues out there. Uh, I think it can cut through that busyness in in the in the marketplace, and and help people find what they really what they really need through what they want right? So a a very wise man once told me, give people what they need in the context of what they want, and you might have a chance of breaking through that busyness that's out there. And so when I think about uh, Christians in the marketplace, most want to be successful and drive their business, right? Uh, G7 networking accomplishes that through qualified referrals and the relationships that you build with others of like mind and spirit in your G7 chapter. Most Christians in the marketplace today also would like to spend more time with people of like mind and spirit. Well, that's what G7 is also all about, is that iron sharpening iron experience that happens when we gather together uh, and build those relationships uh, of trust, relationships of purpose that lead to those qualified referrals that drive business. Uh, So we are expanding out, as you said, across the country. We literally can go anywhere in the world. Right now we're only uh, all of our support mechanisms are are only in the English speaking side of things, but we're looking for leaders. Uh, Every chapter has five leaders in it. A president, a vice president, a membership coordinator, a secretary treasurer and a prayer director. We need at least three of those five leaders to launch chapters in areas anywhere around the world. So. Take a look at that LinkedIn profile, as Paul said, click there, there'll be a link into G7. We've got a video that explains everything that's that we do uh, and how we operate, and we'd just love to hear from you.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things I love about what Bob and G7 are doing. First of all, there is no such thing as competition in the market ministry space. Whether you're aligned with G7, C-Suite for Christ, both, you're on Team Jesus. And at the end of the day, that's what matters most. But just like G7, C-Suite for Christ is expanding. We're planting chapters all across the country. And that's one of the things that really endears me to who Bob is and what he's doing. Again, you've been listening to my good friend, C-Suite for Christ member, Bob Wilbanks, the founder and CEO of G7 Networking. Connect with him on LinkedIn. Get involved with his organization. You will not regret it. Bob, I did not regret this conversation in the least. Thank you for being a blessing to so many people, and it was a a wonderful privilege to chat with you today.
1: Thank you, Paul. Likewise, it's always a pleasure to gather with you.
0: All right, you're listening to the C-Suite for Christ podcast, and we will be right back. Well, as we get ready to say goodbye here on another edition of the C-Suite for Christ podcast, I just want to say thanks to Bob Wilbanks, member of C-Suite for Christ. He's also the founder and CEO of G7 Networking. They are doing some truly amazing things all across the country. I would encourage you to get involved with a G7 Networking chapter in your neck of the woods. You can connect with Bob on LinkedIn. You can look up his organization on the interweb or you can reach out to me via the C-Suite for Christ website. I'd love to give you some additional information on how to get connected with Bob and his organization. So what do we talk about today? 60 seconds or less. Here's just a couple of the big takeaways. Again, this world just doesn't get enough rest. And as Christians, we need to not just get sleep. We need not just to take a vacation. We need not just to unplug once in a while. We need spiritual rest. We need rest for our weary souls. And the only place we're going to get that is through Jesus. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the two big takeaways here, and again, this is going to take some time. It's a very acquired skill and acquired taste but take it from a guy who from for five years didn't get rest for five years suffered from insomnia who now is more at peace than he's ever been who now is getting about anywhere from seven to ten hours a night i'm sleeping like a baby it's amazing one because i decided to run hard after jesus for rest but number two i made the proactive decision to yoke myself to him, to attach myself to him, to affix myself to him, to make sure that there's never any daylight between me and him. And I pray that you do the same. Run after Jesus. He will give you rest. And if you're going to yoke yourself to anything, affix yourself to anything, attach yourself to everything, please make sure that it's Jesus. Hey, you'd be a blessing to us here at C-Suite for Christ. We're an international organization of Christian business executives. People like Bob Wilbanks, only members of C-Suite for Christ, are guests on this podcast. So everybody that you ever hear on this podcast is an official member of our organization. Wouldn't you like to meet these people? Wouldn't you want to network with these people? Wouldn't you want to fellowship and worship and encourage these people? Then go to our website, csweetforchrist.com. Become a member of our organization. Attend one of our weekly ministries because, boy, howdy, you would be a blessing to us. Together, we'll make sure that we cover the world in Christ. Together, we will make sure that God is on the move. And together, there's going to be no stopping us. I'm Paul M. Newberger, the founder of C-Suite for Christ. Know that I love you. Know that I care about you. And again, thank you for listening to the C-Suite for Christ podcast. We will see you next time. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on the C-Suite for Christ podcast. People everywhere are thirsting for Christ. Our goal is to cover the world in Christ using hope, encouragement, and God's nourishing words. We hope you'll join us. Please visit csuiteforchrist.com and come back soon for more conversations centered around God's endless love for us all.
1: I saw you in my dreams before I came here, I will keep you in my dreams when I leave here, I won't forget you, no, 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 no. I won't forget you, you're like one of a kind and my eyes light up when I think about you, I won't forget you, life goes on and on and on